Hello, my sister and friend. I'm so excited you hit the play button for this episode because the subject matter really speaks to me, and I hope it resonates with you too. It's something I find myself struggling with on repeat. As you probably gathered from the title, today I'm talking about clutter. So many of us feel to be trapped in a tornado of clutter, and it's paralyzing us from living out our desire to make our homes not just a place of rest for our families, but a place to cultivate community. While you won't hear the tips and hacks for keeping an organized home that you might see on Pinterest and TikTok, I do hope that by sticking with me through the end, you'll see that having a messy house doesn't equate to personal failure, and you're not alone in the struggle. The focus of this talk is to encourage us with God's own word that we can still invite others in and bless amidst the mess. First Peter 5 verse 8 says this, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I am your host, Brittany Semadeni. And on today's episode, we're going to take one of his lies and expose it for what it really is, unlocking the truth of what God's Word has to say about it. Are you ready? Let's get going. Let me take you into the first two rooms of my house. As you walk into our living room, which is actually our front door, you'll be greeted by Legos on the floor and shoes just feet away from the cubbies they belong in. A tote of merchandise waits by the door, longing for the day I make time to return them to their rightful home. You'll also find two loads of laundry piled up on the cushions, and some miscellaneous items brought in from my car. In a corner of the living room lies another tote of random things waiting to be listed and sold, but we'll probably end up at Goodwill, when I get tired of waiting for the right time to get it done. Follow me into the kitchen where there's a kid's harmonica peeking out from behind the bread in the pantry. And hanging on the walls with crooked bits of scotch tape are pieces of notebook paper that have been cut into little shapes because, according to my children, they're masterpieces. And have you ever tried to throw away a child's masterpiece? I don't recommend it. Some days I manage to keep the kitchen surfaces clean, but other days it's a losing battle. Same with the dishes in the sink. After hearing what would welcome you in, would you laugh, excuse the mess, and come in anyway, ready to have some good conversation? Would your desire for connection, authenticity, and friendship outweigh disdain, disapproval, and disgust? I hope you'd come in and feel empowered and even validated in some small way. If we switched roles, I promise that I'd show up to your house with grace. No apologies needed. And on that note, can we please stop apologizing for the condition of our house when we have had time to pick up and prepare? It sets an unreasonable expectation, and I have enough of those already running through my mind. For far too long, I've been concerned with others' silent judgment of my messy house. There's this very prevalent lie many of us believe that our house is significantly messier than most and that we have some sort of inefficiency in us because we can't stay on top of it. 
Here's what has me thinking on this. For a while, I've had this desire to have some mom friends over. Now, these are people I seem to have a lot in common with. I work out with them. I see them in the carpool line at my kids' schools. And our kids know each other and play with each other in said places. But when I think about having them over, I literally cringe. I paralyze myself from taking any action at all. I tell myself, my house is too cluttered for company. There's so many areas that need attention. And what if they judge an area I overlooked when trying to make my house more presentable? As I make excuses, I feel like I'm missing out on building community when deep down I know that if I were to just do the thing and invite them over, we'd have a great time. And they'd even appreciate seeing the familiar piles of laundry on the couch and the kids' art supplies scattered across the kitchen table. I know I'd want to hang out with this person. Real, authentic, unapologetic, and someone who prioritizes relationships over appearances. But it's a lot easier said than done, right? There's this thought that seems to be ingrained in us that most people, except ourselves, have figured out systems to implement making their home not immaculate, but just tidy. And there are people that have a knack for keeping their home well-maintained. But the more people I get to know, the more I find that these people aren't the majority and often don't have extra people sharing their spaces. And no matter how organized and tidy someone seems, they still have to make sacrifices like everyone else in order to achieve their clean house. So now that I've said my piece about cleanies, I want to focus the rest of this message on my messy struggle, which may be yours too. Social media and all corners of the internet are chock full of ideas for organizing and decluttering because it just doesn't come naturally to most people. As a mom to little messmakers, I know what it's like to engage in a losing battle. And for those of you who are raising littles while working outside the home, may God bless you tenfold and give you an extra measure of strength. I know you need it. No matter what season of life you're in, Life is full of clutter, material and invisible, and our homes are often no different. So let it strengthen your heart to know that those who believe themselves to be forgiven by Christ have so much grace in their hearts toward you and your home. And we feel relieved when there are trails of evidence that you do in fact live there and that you're creating a life full of purpose beyond the walls of your home. The struggle is real. And there's a whole lot of comparison thinking happening in today's culture. But I believe that if we take that step of allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and letting others into our messy homes, we empower our friends to do the same. Let's make it contagious. Imagine how deep our relationships would go if we were to schedule recurring times to prep meals together, fold each other's laundry, and declutter pantries and closets. Friendships are a direct blessing from God, a tangible way to know that we're not alone in these tough seasons of life. But how often are these blessings missed when shame, isolation, fear, and excuse-making lead our decisions and actions? I wholeheartedly empathize with the moms out there that are struggling hard and just trying to get through the next hour of chaos. You're not alone in wondering if your efforts will see any payoff before the last strand of your beautiful hair turns gray. 
And it can feel self-defeating when the only corner of the house that you've had time and energy to work on is the very area that your child has gravitated to only to mess it up again. While I love seeing the smiles on my children's faces when they're given something to enjoy, I would be perfectly fine if my child never received another one of those holiday goodie bags that get sent home from school containing made-in-China candies and plastic trinkets that have my kids asking if they can sleep with them because they've become their new favorite toy. Mamas and anyone struggling to get ahead of the clutter, may I ask you something? Wouldn't it be a breath of fresh air to go to someone's house who didn't frantically prep and stress before your arrival? Wouldn't you breathe a sigh of relief to see unfolded laundry and dishes in the sink? During a quick online search for measurable statistics on clutter, these headlines came as no surprise, even though I wanted to audibly roll my eyes at the last one. Back to back, here's what popped up on my screen. Number one, how to get a clean house fast. Two, cleaning for guests? Here's what they'll notice. Three, 16 examples you lead a gross, filthy, unclean life. This was my first and only attempt at resorting to Google to make me feel better. What I couldn't find was a headline that read, You're not alone. You're doing fine. Or, Great job focusing on what matters. But the statistics, not the headlines, reveal the truth. Here are some new 2023 stats that I hope help you realize you're not the only one stressing about having too much stuff. And we're in this together. If you rent a storage facility for your excess belongings, you're contributing to a nearly $60 billion industry. That's nearly $20 billion more than the film industry. And self-storage facilities and their profit only continue to grow. A statistic from the National Soap and Detergent Association, I had no idea there was such a thing, claims that getting rid of clutter would eliminate 40% of housework in the average home. A Rubbermaid survey indicates around 50% of homeowners said they wouldn't invite their friends to their home because of clutter. 50% is half, and we're talking friends here, not strangers. Why do we care more about impressing our friends that we have a proven connection with than those we've never met? Is more at stake with our friends? If we're worried about what our friends will think, then perhaps our connection isn't too deep after all. In which case, I'll make this point. Vulnerability breeds deep connection. After learning the facts, it's quite apparent that we can all benefit from a good purge and deep cleaning. But since it affects us all, here's what I want to encourage us to work toward. Sharing our mess with others and building connection without the fear of judgment. I'd love to come over to your house and tell you face-to-face that your mess doesn't define you, and if you want to declutter together, I'm in. Or maybe you'd rather sit outside enjoying some much-needed adult conversation and sisterhood. Forget about the stained cushions and unswept porch. Let's build deep community together. Do you remember the story of Mary and Martha from Chapter 10 of the Gospel of Luke? Martha had good intentions of wanting to ensure that Jesus' physical needs were met. But Jesus instead encourages us to do the Mary thing. I'll recap. 
These sisters with different focuses are going to have Jesus and his guests in their home. Now think for a moment. If you heard Jesus was going to be dining with you in your home, after picking yourself up off the floor, how do you think you might respond? Would you make an excuse to Jesus for why today is a bad day for a visit? Maybe see if you can reschedule for next month? And would you work yourself into a cleaning frenzy? Sometimes I think we serve with a double purpose. We often have great intentions and we genuinely want others to be welcomed in and taken care of. But the cleaning isn't always for the guest's pure pleasure, is it? Might we also be doing this to avoid silent judgment and criticisms? To protect our reputation and maybe even in some cases to hear remarks of praise? Your house looks beautiful. Your decor is so charming. Wow, you made quite the spread. This food is delicious. We're so scared of failure that we feel like everything has to be perfect. Failure to appear like a good keeper of the home. Failure of not pleasing someone. Kids that don't seem responsible, which is a poor reflection on us. And the list goes on. These fears seem to have something in common, and that is, we care way too much what others may, might, or could possibly think. Do we spend as much time asking God what He thinks? Would we concern Him with the same things we concern ourselves with? Do we magnify the wrong focus? We're all trying our best to balance adult life, and it's no easy task. But when Jesus is stirring my heart to invite someone into my messy life, I'm pretty confident He doesn't want clutter to be the reason I don't follow through. Let's go back to the story of Martha and Mary. As Martha hurries to make preparations and becomes unraveled, Mary sits at Jesus' feet and listens to the wisdom of Christ. Martha can't think past the to-do list and becomes resentful that her sister is unhelpful and she's stirred herself into a tizzy. So she complains to Jesus. Essentially, she doesn't want her efforts to go unnoticed and she gets caught up in the what instead of the why. Martha says, Lord, does thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Hospitality is a beautiful thing when we don't get encumbered by wrong motivations or a sulky attitude. Did you catch that Christ himself says only one thing is needful, and that it was Mary who had chosen correctly? Are we getting all worked up at the idea of cleaning or prepping, that we forsake the joy and blessings of cheerfully giving and deepening our relationships? In Jesus' day, women were homemakers, and sitting at the feet of a rabbi likely would have been looked down on. Yet she forsook getting too wrapped up in the prep work and the expectations, and she took a position at the feet of her Savior. She didn't want to miss out on any moment with him, any of the face-to-face connection, and she cheerfully made space for Christ to serve too, while she gave him her undivided attention. There's a reason we're not told about what they ate, how good the food was, how comfortable the sitting area was, or any of that. One of the great lessons in this passage is simply 
relationships first. Mary's priorities were right. And again, Martha's desire for hospitality wasn't wrong. It just needed some redirection because she was getting sidetracked in the details. 1 Peter 4 verse 9 says, Use hospitality one to another without grudging. If playing host has you begrudging your husband or your children or even yourself, you're losing focus and risk losing out on the good part Jesus speaks of. Imperfections are reality, and especially the reality that comes with raising littles, working a full-time job, and being in an extremely difficult season of life. Taking a risk and inviting people into our messiness can and likely will cause many of us anxiety and fear, but we mustn't let it steer us away from what God might be calling us to. Hebrews 13.2 Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Maybe, instead of household clutter, you feel overwhelmed with workplace responsibilities, schedule overload, and mental stress. Whatever the case may be, we should all make a conscious effort to let go of the fear of judgment and criticism, whether from others or our own inward critic. Friends, it's time to kneel at the feet of Jesus as Mary did, to look for a healthy balance, to do what we can and leave the rest with Him so that we don't miss out on the good part of connection and the outpouring of His blessings. I'm challenging you and myself to take care of what we can and then call it good. Invite someone to your cluttered table or maybe the only one cleaned off. And taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord tells us we're to pray without ceasing, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in awe of the material wealth you've blessed us with. We know it's truly a blessing that we're able to enjoy the desires of our hearts, but we also know that if we're not careful, they can take over and steer us away from connecting with others. By your grace and with your help, may we put our efforts into connection instead of perfection. Help us to step out in faith, making room in our lives and in our homes for you and others. Please help us to work diligently toward releasing the clutter that's holding us back, but to also slow down in the process, remembering to give ourselves and others grace. We need your help to let go of the fear of judgment and the shame that comes with being imperfect so that we can instead embrace our imperfections. Give us the courage to step out and bless others in whatever way you choose to lead us. Help us to be obedient to you so that we don't miss out on any of the personal blessings that you're reserving for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If this message has blessed you in any way, or if you know someone that could use the encouragement, please pass it along. And also, I would love it if you would leave me a review, let me know that you're listening, and give me some feedback. Through God's grace-filled word, we can tame the lion. You got this.